This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by BetQL. BetQL is your home for the info you need to make yourself a smarter, better NBA, college basketball, and NHL. They got you covered. Just go to BetQL.com, promo code SGP30. That's BetQL.com, promo code SGP30 for 30% off. And we're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports bettors, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better than Vegas. It's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure to subscribe to our page so you don't miss a pick. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And we're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is the stock exchange for sports bets. It allows you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is you bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. So sign up at betteredge.com, promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B E T T O R edge.com slash S G P. Welcome back, DJs. It's uh, Boston Capper with the God of Golf himself, Steve Shermer. Uh, wrapped up a pretty nice weekend. It was a, it was a good tourney, man. I was uh, I was glued to it pretty much all weekend. It was nice to be able to watch some golf on Valentine's Day and not catch any shit from the old lady. So that was nice. Uh, um, and uh, we're on to the Genesis, man. I know uh, uh, you get uh, pretty excited for this one, and uh, so I'm sure you're going to be breaking it down and waxing poetic about the golf course for uh, for as long as uh, you want to you want to commit to it, buddy. Well, we have plenty of time for that. But first, I think you owe. Uh, someone an apology. I mean, that that's a long list, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, you murdered this man two weeks ago. And his, poor man, his poor family, you know, just put him in the ground. And, you know, funeral costs are, you know, a lot of money. And uh, yeah, and then he rose from the dead and won this tournament. So uh, oh, do you man. have anything to say uh, after uh, his zombified corpse went after you all Yeah. Week? Yeah, I mean, look, I was wrong, and uh, I like I put it in the slack or whatever. I just I threw a shit ton of money at him when he was like two strokes up. I was like, fuck it, like I was like, oh. I was like, I gotta cover all these other ones, and so I did. And look, man, he played great when he drained that eagle. I was like, rap, like it's over. Like I, I was, I was even surprised it got as close as it did because fucking Lashley had his fucking breakdown. Uh, that was fun. The, it got to the point where I couldn't, I, like, I, I was like, fuck, all right, who do I need to win? Who do I want more to win? Who do I have? What are these odds? What? Like, I was just, it was like uh, beautiful minding it with as many fucking outrights and live bets. I was throwing at it over the fucking weekend, uh, but I ended up okay. Like yeah, good, uh, fine with the matchups over the weekend, but burger man. Yeah. I mean, shit, we just did it. Like, and I liked this interview after, uh, saying that he's underrated and like, uh, I that like he wants to go out and compete and he feels like he can beat all these guys and he just proved he could. So yeah, man. Uh, so I guess he's uh, he's back. He's back from the dead. I guess, uh, the, the, the capper death didn't fucking mean anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he was great. He gained almost three and a half strokes with his irons, uh, on Sunday. I mean, honestly, you're right. It, it, it seemed like he wanted, you know, he really could have pulled it out much more if he yeah. just put it a little better. But I mean, everything was within like 10, 15 feet. Same thing with Cantley too. I mean, he was hitting it really good. And then just on the back nine, he couldn't hit a putt too. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was Berger and Cantley who I thought beginning of the day who yep. I think would have taken it. And yeah, Berger ended up winning. So, uh, you know, I mean, congrats to him. I mean, that's his second win in less than a year. He's got four on his career. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, he's, I think he definitely solidified a spot in the Ryder Cup. Uh, for yeah. sure. 
Uh, I mean, you're going to need a guy like that just because of how good of a putter and scrambler he is. You know, that always works out pretty well for match play. Uh, he's someone to watch maybe at the PGA in uh, in May. That seems like a golf course might suit him. So, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, you also mentioned uh, so Nate Lashley is uh, I think your new spirit animal. <laughs> Not yet. He's got, he's going to show me a little more than that. Although he's on the radar. I like it, man. Like, uh, I mean, can you imagine like, imagine how, you know, how we get when we miss a fucking pot, like that clearly should have went in or we miss it a ball. We get pissed and we're not playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like I can only imagine the, just the rage fuel inside. Like I would, I would never recover ever. Like I like I, if I missed a putt for like a hundred thousand dollars, I would, uh, I would walk off a bridge. Well, I mean, it was more than a hundred thousand. It was a couple hundred thousand. I mean, I, know, I, know. I think the difference between first and second is like four hundred thousand dollars. So, right. yeah, I mean, I, I guess the only thing watching what happened first of all, that was, it was very entertaining to watch that meltdown. And uh, you know, it's a very yeah, real moment too. You know, you see I mean, these guys are you know kind of stiff sometimes and robots. You can see the pain on you know, yeah, the raw emotion. But I mean, the only thing that I come away with it is, I mean, I, there's been a little backlash about what he did to the green. I mean, that wasn't great. Taking his putter, basically taking no. a big chunk out of it. And yeah. I, I think the reaction was a little different than what Sergio did. Remember at the Saudi, he actually got DQ'd from a tournament by doing oh, the yeah. exact. Yeah, yeah. Or like when Bryson does that, like he, I think at the, um, at Riviera actually last year, he was getting frustrated. He took a big divot out of the, the bunker. So, um, but I mean, I, I probably, the difference is, you know, this guy's an underdog and yeah, it's the walls, you know, to go. So, but, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's somebody who uh, the average golfer does no fucking clue. And they're just watching this guy, like make this awesome charge and then just melt down and they can definitely relate to the emotions. You know what I mean? So he probably gets, he, more, he gets more of a pass than somebody uh, like Sergio or Crybaby Bryson. There you go. So any other takeaways from this tournament? I mean, Spieth was in the mix again and yeah, man. I mean, he's gotta be back. Right. Like, I mean, fuck man. Like he looked good. Like he, I mean, I wouldn't say he choked it away on Sunday like he did the weekend prior. He just wasn't. He wasn't scoring. Like it, it wasn't. I don't know. I never felt it for Spieth, but I mean, he looks back to me, man. Just just eyeball test. I mean, he's back draining those putts when he when he gets hot and he's dunking them from fucking 35, 40 feet. And yeah, man. I mean, what, he, how many eagles did he have over the weekend? Well, he hold out twice. Uh, I mean, that, that shot on 16 was beautiful. Oh my God. It was yeah. crazy. I mean, it was just, it was perfect. And I mean, it just, that's vintage speed right there. But yeah, I mean, he had some rough moments on Sunday, uh, him basically shaking off Greller and, uh, basically going for the perfect shot. Didn't work out in 14. Yeah. Didn't really put all that great. He wasn't doing great off the tee again. I I'm interested. I'm interested in seeing what he does this week. And we'll talk about this golf course in a little while and how important it is. Not just, you don't necessarily have to hit the fairway, but you have to be able to miss in the right spot. And I still have some questions on if he knows where the ball's going off the tee. So I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he does. So so we'll we'll talk about him tomorrow, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we we mentioned Patrick Cantlay again, another great, you know, that dude's a robot, man, like a legit robot. Yep. I know. I mean, even when he misses putts, like there's no real emotion. And no. uh, how about Molinari's cold top, by the way? Yeah. Did you see that? No. What is that? So he, so on Saturday, his opening tee shot, he topped. Oh yeah. No, I, did, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. I did see that. <laughs> yeah. That, that felt great. Having an outright on him. Yeah. yeah and, the, and fucking weekend long matchups for him too. He fucked. He was, a, he was a disappointment. 
no, he, he definitely was. And, uh, so there's actually a trend that I, I sent the Slack channel that, uh, so I, I had an outright on Kepka at Tory and yeah. uh, he missed the cut and then he won the next week. I had an outright on Berger last week at, uh, in Phoenix yeah, and he missed the cut and then won. Uh, so yeah, you know, Zal Torres and Molinari who I had outright on, they didn't miss the cup, but they played terrible. They did play bad. Yeah. So Will Z too, man, I didn't see, a, I didn't see a whole lot of them over the weekend. They weren't showing them a lot. So I don't really know other than me staring at my phone with the stupid shot tracker. Yeah. I mean, he hit his irons pretty well on Sunday, but I mean, overall he just, he did. Okay. I mean, he was three under on Sunday, so maybe he's riding some momentum. So yeah, Molinari or Zalatoris bet them at the Riviera and uh, yeah, just ride my, uh, my cold streak. So so, I will definitely get down on that. There you go. So, (laughs) all right. So who are you killing this week? Who is dead to you? So this guy was dead to me and somebody who, uh, whose, whose opinion I really trust uh, steered me in the wrong direction. Uh, that would be Ricky Fowler. Uh, that dude, I'm never doing it again. I stayed away from him fucking forever. And, and not only did I bet him, I double bet him by accident. Like I didn't think I had to bet in and I put it in in that morning and I was scrolling through my stuff and I was like, Oh, look great. I doubled out right. I've had him for like top 20, top 10. So yeah. And he just, he looks broken. Like how we used to say that, like he looks like he is not having fun on the golf course. Like he, you, you could just get that vibe. Like as soon as one thing goes wrong, that's like the wheels automatically come off. And like, I don't know if it's, uh, I mean, it, obviously with switching putters and borrowing his buddy's putters and going from the mallet back to the, to the, what he's using now is like, I don't know, man, but he's I, I, nothing. I liked, I didn't like anything from him this weekend. So he's, he's, he's officially dead. What do you think his odds are this week? Um, he's still a fan favorite, right? So I feel like it's like with the Patriots, like they are, they can hang the line high because they know they're still going to get the action. I'll go forty to one. You're way off. Am I? One hundred to one. Oh, see, that's that's the right number. Yeah, honestly. It's time. It is the right number, and I mean, it's surprising though because you're right. I mean, they they the books resisted like dropping Spieth down yeah. to hundred to one for a while. Right. And I mean, Ricky's the same way. He gets a lot of public action is Ricky Fowler and they did not hold back. <laughs> they, <laughs> they sent him down to the basement. after this. <laughs> I mean, like he is two events removed from a really good ball striking performance. I mean, he played well at the Amex. It's just, you're right though. I mean, looking at what he did at pebble, he lost 2.3 strokes off the tee, lost a full stroke with his irons. He lost again with his putter. I mean, he scrambled his ass off, so that yeah. saved him, but yeah, it just, nothing's working. And I, I don't know how you go back to him at Riviera. That is a very demanding ball strikers golf course that tests your putter. It's not difficult to chip on. So yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be, we gotta be laser focused the whole time. You yeah. know what I mean? And I feel like, I feel like he's just not there right now. Like, like I said, you can see it like with the, just the body language, the demeanor, the pouting after missing a shot. Like I get it, but at the same point, yeah, you're out, bro. Yeah, no, it's, it's not great. So, all right. So why don't we go over, uh, the DFS report card again, yep. this is the, just ownership percentages from the dollar GPP and DraftKings. Uh, so three guys, about $10,000. Yeah. can't lay burger and Casey. All of them did really well, well, really well. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he couldn't go wrong with either of them. Uh, can't lay had about 26% ownership burger at 22 Casey only had 12%, but honestly, you, if you had all of them, you were fine. I don't think there's anything really to analyze here. So mm-hmm. I think we move on to the next range. Uh, you know, nine thousand dollars range. This one again, 
it seems like the third or fourth week in a row that the $9,000 range has not really paid dividends. So, I mean, the the popular options in Davis, Spieth and Day, they all paid off, but Will Zalatoris was the most popular player in this contest. He had 26% Mm -hmm. ownership. 55th in scoring. Uh, Molinar is popular. He's only 62nd. Siwoo Kim and Ricky Fowler. I mean, they disappointed big time. Siwoo, man. I know. I mean, I I need, we need this. We need this guy to get a major, man, so he doesn't have to go in the military. I know. That's <laughs> or you know what? I mean, they they can't cancel the Olympics because if he wins the gold medal, then uh, that also gets him out too. Oh, just the gold medal? Oh no. I think I think it's the gold. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure. It's either gold medal or medal. But okay. I'll be, I'll be rooting hard for him at the Olympics. Yeah. That's probably his best shot to yeah, avoid really. mandatory military service and then not ruin his golf career. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, I, as far, as far as takeaways here, I mean, we kind of seen this before the most popular guy in this range, you know, just tends to kind of blow up. This happened mm-hmm. again with Al Torres Molinari. That was another guy who was really popular across the industry. I got suckered in. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like we did it to ourselves by it just the golf industry in general. Like we all just started talking him up and being, Oh, short game. He's back. He looked good. And we, we really don't know what he's been doing for like a year. You know what I mean? Like we don't know. So no, I feel like it's, it's, a it's early a, on him. Yeah. It's a very low sample size too. I mean, he's, yeah. he's come back this week and I think a lot of people are going to be off him. No. I still got to digest that this is actually a good golf course for him. His history suggests it's not. So, uh, okay. all right. So moving on. So, so the eight thousand dollar range this week that was one I thought was going to kill a lot of people, and the exact opposite happened. Uh, there were only three really big bombs in this range. You know, it was James Hahn at fourteen percent. You know, he was awful. Um, I mean, the nine percent of guys who had Phil Mickelson got exactly what they deserved. <laughs> that that dude. He he needs to hang it up. Yeah, he he's done. Yeah, I agree. Like, and he, listen, he's great on fucking TV. Phil, go out, make your money on the senior circuit. Come play the programs and hustle everybody for their money, and come talk golf on TV. Everybody will listen to you. The the fact that he at a less than driver golf course still can't find the fairway, and his scrambling isn't as good as what it used to be. His wedge plays was used used to be. He's just. I, I don't I, I mean, I, I don't know what he's getting out of it by still trotting himself out there other no. than maybe some sponsorship money, which it probably is actually money. it. He's a, he's, a, he's a competitor too, man. He doesn't, you know, all these guys, I mean, you got to drag them off the whatever sport they're playing before they finally admit uh, they can't do it anymore. I mean, you know can, I mean, can we, can we admit that this whole hitting bombs experiment was a giant failure for Phil? I mean, I mean ever since he, ever since he went, he started doing that. Like he chased distance and then everything else about his game eroded. Like it's, it's almost like he should have went the other way. Like kind of like a Steve Stricker did like focus on the iron play, the wedge play. Yeah. And then, you know, do that. I mean, like you even look at Jim Furyk, like we'll get to him in a little bit. He played great this week. I know. I and know. He's just as old as Phil and you know, he could still get around in some of these short knocker golf courses. And it just doesn't seem like a Phil can just do anything at this point. Yeah. 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 I think, I, I think you're right. As far as it being a failure, I mean, for his social media and like presence to, to the younger cats, it definitely worked. Like it was a cool hook and the fireside chats and all that shit. And I'm going to go out hit bombs. Like it's good shtick, but the results out there. No, it isn't. I mean, unless he wants to keep partnering with Charles Barkley, take on Steph Curry and Peyton Manning the rest of his career, then yeah, I mean, listen, go ahead and do it. And right. he's got a lot more money than I do in the bank, so uh, yep. he can do whatever That's he wants. Sure. But other other than that, I mean, honestly, 
this had a lot of really good players in this range. Oh, Trigali, yeah. that was somebody who people were complaining is boring. And I went to, uh, I, I went to, I stood up for the guy and he finished eighth in drafting and scoring this week. Homa was seventh. He was great. Streelman, your boy, he was 14th. Mm. He was really good. Matthew Neesmith continues to impress. Um, Brian Harmon was the most popular guy in this range. He finished 30th. That's so that's, crazy. I know, but you know what? I mean, it's 30th in scoring. It's yeah. that's 8,200 bucks. So you'll take it to the bank. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, Norlander was pretty good before the weekend. Brennan Steele made a nice charge over the weekend. So, I mean, if, if you went $10,000 and then went right down the $8,000 range, you had a pretty good lineup. So, yeah. all right. And then $7,000 range. So once again, we see the most popular guy in this range, especially in a weaker field. We, we saw this at the Amex when Sepp Straka was the token, you know, yeah. like cheap guy who was most popular and he bombed out Peter Malnati this week at 16 and a half percent ownership. And he was bad. And maybe this is, so he had a really good fall, but I, I mean, I, I think off the top of my head, I think he's definitely coming back down to earth. I mean, it's Peter Malnati at the end of the day, he's a pretty not right. So this might be time to just, this might like, sometimes you look at a guy like, all right, you know, can you get back on him? You know, just one bad week. This one, maybe it's time to just, it's time to do a little, do, yeah. do a little separation. I wasn't too, I wasn't too high on, on him this week. Um, no, I mean, I just cause the ownership, I wasn't either. I think I had a top 20 on him, but that was about it. So, yeah. uh, I mean, where, where the real money was made in this range was around 5%. So you had Russell Knox at five flat. He was 12th. Ches Reeve, uh, he came back uh, over the weekend, did pretty good. He uh, torpedoed a head to head I had on Sunday. Um, <laughs> taking down Doug Gim. Um, Gim actually played really well, but Reeve had six birdies on the back nine. So that's uh, not optimal when you are fading him in the no. matchup. Uh, <laughs> same there with Charlie Hoffman. He went supernova on Sunday. And I know. He demolished Henrik Norlander head to head. That was that was really surprising and uh, bad for my wallet. Uh, your our boy Nate Lashley, four and a half percent. He was fifth in scoring. Maverick McNeely. He also had a uh, really good showing and actually had a very good moment where uh, uh, I'm sure someone made a gif of uh, his reaction when Berger made the eagle. He just kind of frowned a little bit. Yeah, that yeah. was <laughs> yeah. So, um, what um was McNeely doing it with the putter again? What's that? Was he doing it with the putter? Is that is that where he was gaining all the shit? Uh one second. Let me. I just feel like that guy could go. No, actually, he struck the ball pretty well tee to green. Okay. He only gained about 0. 0.4 strokes per round with the putter. Mm. Gained 2.7 uh, tee to green per round. So Damn. that's surprising because it's usually yeah. opposite. I mean, I I know because I, I was looking at him when I was looking. Uh, at golfers for Riviera, the T degree numbers still aren't great. So that's mm. definitely the best performance he's had in a while for him. So, you know, we'll see. Um, he's a really talented player. Like he won, I think the hot, uh, the, I forget what the name of the award is basically the best college golfer. I uh, use the number one ranked amateur and just, you know, sometimes these guys just come out of college and it just doesn't click real, right away. Maybe for McNeely, it's, starting to come there. Cause you know, I mean, we all knew he was a good potter, but it was like, he was really a ball striker in college. It just, that has not translated so far. So, mm-hmm. so, so that's, we'll that's, that's definitely something to watch. Keep an eye on it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there, most of the good options in the 7,000 hour range were the less popular guys. So again, it pays in this range, especially in weaker fields, just go opposite, go contrarian. Um, 
and you'll, you know, that'll usually work out for you. So, uh, $6,000 range. There was not much here. I mean, I, the, the, the highest only got own guy was Davis Riley, 3%. Most people did not go into dip, dip their toes. Yeah. I mean, as far as highlights, I mean, Akshay Batia, uh, he had, yeah. Well, so what's the, what's the deal with that cat, man? So I mean, he, he weighs 110 pounds, but dude can play. <laughs> He looks like he sw- he uh, he swings drinks down in Brooklyn, you know, with those skinny jeans. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, listen, he's a really good player. He's 19 years old, uh, left-handed, so I'm a lefty too, and so I always root for lefty guys. And uh, I mean, he hadn't really done much since he turned pro. He's basically on the deal where he's getting all these sponsorship exemptions, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have the tour card. He's not like Zalatoris, where he amassed enough FedEx Cup points to basically get a temporary status. Right. So. I mean, if he keeps doing what he did, he's going to keep getting invited to tournaments and he's a really good player. He hits it a long ways for such a skinny frame. So, you know, we'll see uh, like, maybe if you want to put down a little bit on him when he plays uh Corrales in a couple of weeks uh, or the Puerto Rico open, you know, he'll mm-hmm. probably play there. So, but other than that, I mean, Will Gorman was a guy I liked uh, pre term because it was the angle of him playing Pebble Beach at the amateur, and uh, he did pretty well there. He finished 13th in drafting scoring. So he yeah, he had a great, he had a fucking awesome Sunday. Yeah, uh, Cam- I, I had I, I had a head to head. I lost. Uh, I bet against him on Sunday. Oh, there you go. I, w- I wasn't alone then on uh, <laughs> Sunday. So uh, Cameron Percy was a guy I really liked. Uh, I can I almost cashed a top 20 on him. He finished yeah. 21. So, but I mean for DraftKings, he was great. Um, another noble I see here, John Daly actually got some ownership. What? <laughs> this range. I mean, it's like one percent, but it's just people who so don't know what they're doing. So stupid. That, that dude looks like shit. Well, he's got cancer. So. Oh, does he? Great. Yeah, I he's got. John I, Daly had cancer. It's not pancreatic cancer. It's it's something bad. Oh. So he I did not know that. He's in rough shape, but I, I saw him on PG Tour live. It, them look good. But I mean, other than that, it's, if you avoided this range, you probably did good. So, um, any other takeaways from, you know, the DFS? I mean, I would say, I mean, I feel like it's the, the, the trend is right, man. Like we we've done it a couple weeks in a row now and it looks like the $7,000 chalk, uh, it, it does not work out like, a, and I don't know if the nine K thing is just a weird anomaly. I think we got to give that a little time, maybe another tournament or two, but yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, what, what like, I'm waiting for is it seems like chalk above $8,000 has been really good the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for, I mean, I, with the exception of Patrick Reed, one Tory and he wasn't popular and Brooks one Phoenix, he wasn't popular, but I mean, like other than that, like, like, like I, scoring. Yeah. Yeah. But like high owned guys, like double digits plus it just ha- there hasn't been many bombs in the last yeah. couple of weeks. And I'm waiting for like that just blow up in people's faces and maybe just maybe people are just sharper now than what they used to be. I mean, yeah, I, the, I mean the fact that burger at 22% yeah. ownership after missing the cut the previous week and being really popular. Like, I think that just speaks. It about, it yeah. Does. Or Jason yeah. day. I mean, like people yeah, just we, went after the first history, but he paid off dividends. It worked. Yeah. It did. yeah hell yeah. 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 Definitely worked. The, uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're probably right. Right. Uh, watch a little more. I don't know. Like it, it's good. It, Cause I do think everybody in general is sharper, right? I just do like, it just, I mean, like you said, like the ownership levels and, and how people play um, definitely speaks for itself. So 
I mean, maybe just avoid all chalk under 8K. And if, if you're doing like three to five lineups, make one just complete contrarian lineup and avoid all the chalk up top. And until, until it proves otherwise, maybe eat the chalk above 8K. Yeah. I mean, the best guys are going to, sh- are going to show up the best in the stat databases and they're yeah. right in front of everybody. So that's what everybody gravitates towards. You know, I mean, if you're going contrarian, it's because a guy like one of those premium players just isn't playing very well. So, right. uh, I mean, the other guys, once you get under $8,000 range, there's a lot more volatility with that. That's probably makes sense then that, you know, if, if someone is chalky that you really like that shows up well in your database, just use it under it's under $8,000 where that's where you differentiate. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. All right, man. Well, listen, before we get to the course breakdown, uh, listen, you guys want to get an advantage over the sports book when it comes to betting. The only app you'll ever need is BetQL to help you make smart bets. Uh, BetQL has shop data for college basketball, NBA, NHL. And so if you want an inside edge for the who's who of who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. They have a ton of sports book offers for your state. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store and download BetQL. Head to BetQL.com and enter code SGP30 for 30% off your first subscription. That's SGP30 at BetQL.com. All right, man. So I know you've, uh, I know you've been trying to keep it in your pants to talk about the, uh, to talk about this golf course, man. So uh, why, why don't you have the floor, man? Well, I mean, wh- why don't we talk about first who's in okay. the field? So, I mean, well, everybody's in the field. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's $9.3 million purse. I mean, you got DJ, Ron, Brooks, a- anybody you could think of, you know, the biggest names in the game are here. So, I-, I guess I'll ask you who are the players you're interested in seeing the most this week that are peaking your interest? So, and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just like you're a fan, but like you're curious about how they'll play or. You know, you wonder if a certain trend will continue with them. So, uh, who are you? Most I do want to see. I do want to see Molinari play because I do want to see if it, if we just talked him up for no fucking reason. Uh, and you know what I mean, just spun ourselves off with that. But I want to see. I want to see Rom. I want to see if he can fix that putter. Um, I mean, I want to see DJ just because. I mean, we haven't really seen him. He smoked everybody at Saudi, but we didn't get to watch that tournament unless you're a well, psycho well, like you. Well, I did. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Unless you're a psycho like you. The. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like, I feel like this is a bigger boy event. So it's kind of, it's kind of just off the jump. I guess I want to see the guys who I normally like seeing as I dig in, I'll, I'll probably get curious about some other guys, but like just off the top, like I, I really, really want Ron to fix that putter, man. <laughs> I, really want I know. To fix that I mean, it, the thing is stats wise. I mean, you always don't trust the stats. It actually hasn't been that bad. I know, but eyeball test, man, you see it and it's like, damn man, like he, he, all these makeable birdie putts and he's not making them. It seems like he's more missing him in big spots. Maybe that's know? it. Maybe like when the cam, like when the cameras on, yeah. are on, like that's yeah. when he's missing. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see, but uh, no, I mean, as far as guys, I'm interested in seeing, I'm like, I'm always interested in seeing what Bryson does to a golf course because yeah, I, now I'm in a mode of, I need to look at a golf course and say, can Bryson break this? Yeah. So ever since Wingfoot, I, it's just, that's how I operate with him. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm interested in seeing speed. Uh, with a driver in his hands because he can't really avoid not hitting driver here. So, and, and like I mentioned, like Riviera is a place where you can miss the fairway, but you got to miss the right spots. So otherwise, you have a terrible angle to the green, or you just end up in a really nasty place, you know, in the barranca or something. So, you know, we'll see. What guy I'm interested in seeing? I, I raised this in the Slack. And does anyone know why Joaquin Neiman took a month off? No, you know what's funny? Me and Tommy were talking about that. Um, 
it was last week, I think, or something. But I was like, seriously, where's he been? Like, if it was COVID related, they would have said it. So, who fucking knows? Well, I mean, like, they didn't say anything about Scotty Shuffler or Webb Simpson until he came back. Well, no, Scotty, they did. Scott, Webb Simpson, yeah. they didn't say anything until yeah, he just true. said it for Kapalua. I mean, I mean, I don't know what else it could be unless dude just needed to get his head right or something. Or maybe yeah, like, some family shit going on. Who knows, man? Hey, maybe. So that's that's kind of weird. And then, yeah, uh, I mean, what, one guy I'm excited to see, he, he so this is his first time playing this event, is Victor Hovland. I mean, okay. he's got all the tools needed to play here. The problem is, as we'll talk about, experience really matters at this place. Kind of like with yeah. Augusta National, where the more times you play it, the more the better you're going to be. Like, you look at some of the guys who do the best here, they all have, like, more than 12 rounds under their belt here. So, yeah. you know, you look at some really talented players who only have like two to four rounds, like they they didn't play very well, like their first couple of times. So, but I'm interested in seeing how Hoblin does. Cause I just, I think all the world, of the guy, he played really good at Tory. the same grass type as what he saw there. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. He's a fun player to watch, man. I like, I like guys who give me crackhead scorecards. Five five circles, four squares, like double circle. Come on, man, let's go. I love seeing cards like that. Like that's a golfer I like to watch. Yeah, no, he's a he's good. And plus, uh, you know, I mean, he's a uh, he's probably my new favorite Scandinavian golfer now that uh, Henrik Stenson is uh, going to the nursing home. So, uh, no, I know. I know. I don't know if you told everybody what you broke up with with Henrik. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, Hatton's my boy now, but uh, you know, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, it's, it's an open relationship. So. Do you remember what happened last year? No, you know, I never remember what happened. All right. Well, all right. Well, I remember cause I hit Adam Scott 35 to one. Thank you. Wow. Oh, is this the one where he came? This is where he came. He hadn't played in forever and he just showed up and won, right? Yeah. So we yeah, won some that. event in Australia in December and then yeah. didn't yeah. And then showed up here. And I was like, well, it's Adam Scott at Riviera. He's 35 to one. Screw it. I'll just throw yeah. someone down. Yeah. He won. So it was just based on just blind faith. Yes. Hey man, that's what, that's all. That's all you need, man. That's all you need sometimes. I know. Well, I don't good. operate like that. You know, I'm a slave to my spreadsheet. Yeah, yes. so. I, I know. I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, otherwise, like, so do you know who finished? Uh, who finished second? No. Scott no, Brown don't... and Matt Kuchar. Oh, Brown didn't Brown play pretty good this weekend? Scott Brown? Uh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. He's not really on my radar anymore. <laughs> yeah. Matt Kuchar. Yeah, I, I, I think that was his last good finish. Was the yeah, last. and he gained like. 10 strokes putting or something like he was awful TD green, but he was making everything under the sun. So, I mean, uh, Bryson played well, DJ played pretty well. Rory actually played pretty well too. So, I mean, it's when you look at this golf course, I guess I'll just get into it right now. And I, I'm not going to bore everybody by breaking down every single hole. Like I, I can talk about this place for a half hour. It is an <laughs> architectural masterpiece that belongs in the Louvre. All right? <laughs> it's great. And, but if, if you really want to find out about like the architecture beauty of this place, I mean, I, I spotlight a couple of interesting holes, uh, on the website. There's also a link to, uh, Andy Johnson's piece about Riviera when he goes through every single hole and why almost all of them are great. Well, except for number eight, number eight is terrible because Tom Fazio redesigned it and it's awful, but so there's 17 really good holes <laughs> at Riviera. So if you want to go find out more about that. If you really want to explore, you know, get deep into it, go to the website. There's a link there, you know, take a lunch break and do it. So, I mean, just summing up what Riviera is in a nutshell, it's a long demanding firm and fast golf course that tests every aspect of the game. And, you know, you're going to hear some people say this week that it favors one style. It, it doesn't, there's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat of Riviera. So 
if you're Santa Etsy and you're a long hitter, you look out, you see a bunch of bunkers that you definitely can carry. So the problem is with how uh, George Thomas set up the holes is that you have to be at least on the right side of the hole in order to get the best angle, you know, depending where the pin is. So, you know, if you're a bomber, but you don't really have good control about where the ball goes left or right, you know, if you have by the wrong side of the hole, then you got to carry over a bunker or there's not a whole lot of green to work with that, you know, it's just, you're not going to get anywhere near the pin. So while hitting it far is always an advantage any, everywhere, you just have to be able to miss in the right place just so you can recover. So, or if you're a shorter hitter, you know, you see a lot of bunkers, a lot of trouble off the tee, but if you can, you know, thread the needle through the bunkers, then you get the best angle to the green. You know, usually you're a pretty good iron player. You can get it at the best pin position. So, you know, I mean, obviously distance, like I said, gives you an edge, but you know, you, we see long hitters do really well here. I mean, you know, DJ Bubba, JB Holmes, all those guys are long hitters. They've done well, but we got Holmes. He's done well here. You know, Jim Furyk has a good track record here just because they're accurate, but they always set themselves up really well off the tee for a great look at the green. So, um, you know, you need to work the ball both ways. Um, you know, just because the greens are really complicated here. There's a lot of tricky pin positions that um, are only accessible based on a certain shot shape, you know, day to day. So, you know, maybe the optimal shot shape off the tee is a draw just so you get on the left side of the fairway. Then you got to hit a fade coming in because the pin is tucked in the back, right? You got to ride the slopes going in. So, you know, premium ball striking, good command of your ball flight is very important here. Um, the greens itself are really firm. And that means there's going to be a lot of missed greens. Uh, it's, it's hard to hold greens here. So uh, it's also hard to hold fairways because it plays firm and fast. Cause so there's gonna be a lot of balls coming out of the rough. So you're going to be scrambling a whole lot. And one of the things that do, gets kind of lost on TV is how deep the bunkers are. They're really tough here. And like we saw a couple of years ago, remember when Jordan Spieth on 10 took like a nine because he took like five shots, got out of the bunker. I do remember that. So yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so the bunkers are really tricky to get here, especially if you like short side yourself, like you have no chance of, you know, getting it close to the pin. You're basically, if you're in a bunker and you're short side here, it's a bogey, you know, just nice. plain simple. It's also pretty tough to chip off the Kikuyu grass too. Cause it's a sticky grass. So, you know, it definitely takes a lot of experience to chip out of that stuff. And it's not like deep Kikuyu rough. Like it was a Tory. This is more mowed down Kikuyu. So, you know, whenever you see like tightly moaned areas, uh, it's a little harder to chip on. So, and the greens are really fast. They're undulated. Uh, there's some intricate shelving to it. And there's a lot of ways you can three putt this green. Like, you know, at Tory and pebble, you saw a lot of guys just miss five footers and three putt. You know, we saw with our poor, our poor by Nate Lashley last week. Here's the same thing. I think this has one of the highest rates of missed five footers on the PGA tour. So, I mean, listen, overall, this is a stout test and the winning score usually isn't more than, you know, maybe it's minus 11, minus 12. There's yeah, only part. That's a there's big difference. Three, what we've been seeing. Yeah. There's only three part fives on the golf course. The first one is the first hole is very gettable. It's a par four and a half. Basically, if you, if you walk up with a par on that hole, you're losing about half a stroke to the field. But the other two, um, I know that number 17 plays plays 590, but it plays uphill. So it plays almost like 600 yards. So that's not an easy hole. I mean, they all play under par, but you got to work for it. So, I mean, birdies are not easy at this place. And some of the par fours are really tough too. 
Uh, I think all of them play over par, at least the ones over, over 450 yards. So, yeah, I mean, like you, you're going to have to work for your birdies. Um, it's not a place that you can go pin hunting. If you try to do that, you're going to get kicked in the face. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's like at Augusta national or, um, like some of these links golf courses over in Scotland, where sometimes it's better to play away from the pin. And then you just let, you know, if you know, the greens well enough, the, the ball funnel to the, towards a hole, it'll get you in a better spot. Whereas, you know, if you go for pins, then you can miss greens, then you can get yourself in a bunker, then you're pin you know, putting downhill or something. And it just, you know, you put yourself at risk to basically just waste strokes. So, you know, th- there's a lot of experience that pays off here. If you play this place a lot, you know, much like Augusta national, like some people I've heard this, um, a couple of times this week where people say, well, you know, there's Augusta national competence. Is it just because of the strong field? No, it's, it's because of just the value, the attributes that this place values where, you know, just, thinking your way around a golf course, being able to, you know, plan ahead two shots in advance, you know, knowing where to miss it. You know, it's, it's the same principles at Augusta. That's why those guys are good there. If you look at the list of guys who are pretty good here, it's mostly the same guys. So we talk about Bryson being able to take apart the golf course, right? I mean, it, doesn't sound like he's going to have an easy time doing it. I don't think the distance is really going to matter. And his wedge plays suck balls. Well, I mean, he's not hitting wedges a whole lot though. He's still having. So, so one of the things is when you look at where Bryson was hitting a pro shots last year, it's still like 150, 170 yards plus. And it's because when, you know, he's not, he's not hitting a lot of fairways here. The Kikuyu grass basically stops the ball immediately. So you're not, he's not hitting wedges. He's hitting most of his intermediate, you know, irons. So he's actually hitting irons that he's actually pretty good at. So he has a really good course history here. I mean, some of it was pre bulk up, but he played really well here last year. He played just the same strategy. And, you know, there are certain holes too, where he realized he needed to club down. I think he, I, I, I think he learned a little bit from Augusta that you would hope so. I mean, yeah, I would hope so. And you know, maybe there was something to it that he just wasn't feeling great, but you know, I mean that I, I think there, I, maybe he took a little lesson from Augusta that can't just attack a golf course. You got to know when to put the, you know, your foot to the, you know, the pedal to the floor, when to maybe to back off. I mean, some of the holes, like he, he, I, I know looking at the shot tracker, he took, he took three wood or iron off the team. You know, he played a little more positional yeah. golf. So, I mean, the, the course history here is really good. His scrambling actually has improved a little bit through in the fall too. Like that was a really bad, ugly number going through the summer. It's actually gotten a little better. I mean, he's a great putter. He's a good putter on POA. So, I mean, that's a guy who I think, you know, I, I think he could do pretty well here. And relative to him and his name, I mean, 161, not bad. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that you know, tomorrow, tomorrow with the odds. So, I mean, what, one other thing I want to say too, is like when you're looking at stats and like what you want to like look at for this tournament. So you're to hear a lot about proximity stats. And I, I think you gotta be a little careful with that. So the most proximity stats measure when they're hitting out of the fairway, well, guys are going to be hitting out of the rough more often here because it's hard to hold fairways. And a lot of these stat, like a lot of these golf courses they play are just dartboards. So you hit it straight, you point and shoot. Well, here you got it. Sometimes it's better to hit away from the green. You know, even if like 
you know, you miss the pin by 16 feet, you know, you could put yourself in a terrible spot. So yeah. I'm not really using the proximity stats. I'm just going to focus more on just like good ball striking. Are you a good iron player? You know, how's your recent form T to green? Are you a good scrambler? Um, you know, what's your experience at this golf course? And if you just check off, you know, a few of those boxes, then, you know, it's good for me. Um, right. but I think using the proximity stats this week, I think you might get a little lost of, you know, or maybe that might lead you down the wrong path of, uh, you know, maybe yeah. you should. Yeah. It's picking the wrong line on the green. Right. Right. So, right? Yeah. so, so yeah, uh, the, the problem is, is like you said, you're going to need to scramble around here and you know, how I feel about scrambling stats that this too much shit in there and you don't really know what, what it means. So yeah, I think that's probably a good idea as far as just focusing on the, on the type of player and, and the using stats obviously, but not, uh, not focusing solely on that. Um, yeah. Full- just, just keep it simple. I mean, I, I think just, if you just use like strokes gain approach, those are the, those are your better iron players anyways than like, yeah. They they're a little smarter and have a better control over it. Whereas proximity can mean anything. Like all it tells you is just how far away from the pin that your ball landed. So right. and here, like, you know, like it's 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 more about thinking your way through the shot to the green instead of just saying, All right, it's 150 yards, I'm gonna aim right at it. Like it just yeah. it, it doesn't really work like that here. Yeah. Oh, it's good, good info, man. Like always, uh, before we get into any like, uh, initial leans, uh, better than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what D only care about sports betting. And the best part is, is you'll get a free video picks from the entire SGPN crew. So you got to make sure to subscribe to the page sports slash BTV. So you don't miss any of the videos. And, uh, when you're subscribed, you get a notification anytime a new one is posted, uh, last week, uh, I don't think we I definitely didn't hit any outrights on it, but I definitely gave some good matchups. Um, Streelman top 20. Uh, I gave Homa top 10 and Tringali top 10. So it was, it was a good video, uh, but yeah, come check us out over there. So go to sports game slash BTV better than Vegas, uh, better than dot Vegas page today. And that's sports game slash B T of E. Yeah, man, you, uh, yeah. You had me worried with Tringali because like, I, was, I wasn't watching yet. And uh, you were like, he's boring. I was like, God damn it. I was like, is he going bad already? I was like, we're fucking 20 <laughs> minutes into the tournament. <laughs> no, because he stuck one to a foot. Yeah. <laughs> First hole. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. So, so obviously, those are the type of players that we're looking for. You got anybody that you're, you got anything down on anybody yet? I mean, I do. I don't want to reveal it till okay. tomorrow. But uh, I mean, some, some of the guys who I've seen with their odds come down. Um, Cantley seems like he's getting some steam this week. He started the week at 18 ways down to 14. Yeah. Uh, I think Rom was moving down to about 10 to one, uh, more and Hovland. I think we're, they were like 30, 35 to one to start the week. They're down in the twenties. Now, uh, Neiman's getting some, uh, steam with him. Uh, Baba started off at 55 to one. He's the, he's, he's the horse for the course here. He's won this event three times. Uh, I think he was around 55 to one that immediately got back down to 45. Uh, I think it's all the way down to 40 now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some, uh, I think Matthew Wolf, there's still continued support for him, which we'll talk about tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if, if it's going to go well for Wolf this week, but we'll see. Um, I mean, as, as far as some guys who, if you look at like who's gained over a stroke per round here, who has more than 12 rounds of the golf course that you might not think, um, you know, Carlos Ortiz actually has a really good course this year. I think Ooh. he's had like 
I think he's played this event like three or four times. He's gained 1.7 strokes per round on the oh. field. Um, I mean, JB Holmes has won this event before he's on the list. JT Poston was a name that was surprising me because he, he's a bad ball striker and seems like all he does is just putt really well. He's played this event. Great. I mean, he's played this event three or four times. He's gained a shot and a half per round on, on the field here. So um, your boy, Luke list is really good here. Uh, he's gained over a stroke per round and like, 25 or 30 rounds. So, I mean, the only problem with him is we'll get to him tomorrow because I know you're just joking. <laughs> it's been two weeks since I've bleed any money on him. <laughs> he had an absurd putting week. And I think Scottsdale like yeah. way above his baseline. So yeah. that's a little concerning. Uh, Tringali is good here again. And so if you want to keep riding that hot wave, uh, your boy Keegan really good here. Uh, I don't know how much of that is from like early two thousands, but uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's still, he looked, he looked good last week. Well, not last week, but you know what I mean? The week before. I mean, yeah. listen, maybe he'll hit 72 greens in regulation and then uh, he'll just two putt for par you know, <laughs> all the time. So that, that would work. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he'll just hit every green regulation and then he'll birdie all the par fives. And uh, you heard him. Did you hear him talking after that round last weekend? And no, he was I like, didn't. look, he's, he's like, look, he's like, I know I'm a bad putter. And he's like, basically, I'm obviously the, just kind of summing it up. Like, he's like, I'm a bad putter. He's like, I know that if I can just putt somewhat average, I have a chance to win. And I was like, Holy shit. He knows it. Maybe he's working on it. Let's go. <laughs> no, I think, just, I, think just, I think he's like you and me where you go to the range. You're like, I always want to pound a hundred balls for an hour and putting. I don't want to work on that. Yeah. That's that's a fact actually. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as some other guys who do what, like Sung Kang randomly has a good course history here. He's been awful though. So I don't think he's usable this week. Uh, Patrick Rogers has been good here. Uh, that's another guy. He's long off the team. He's a good putter. So maybe that's just the winning combination here. And then right below him uh, is a complete opposite player of him. Adam Hadwin <laughs> short. Adam Hadwin is just a good scrambler and yeah. I mean, he can roll the rock too, but he's short. So I mean, that, that kind of goes to show that, you know, a guy like Patrick Rogers and a guy like Adam Hadwin, two different players completely. Yep. And you know, they both find success here. So uh, I, my last point is I, I talked a little bit about experience here. And if you look at who's won here, so the last 10 winners, nine of them had at least 16 rounds at Riviera before they won. The only exception to that was James Hahn who had eight rounds. So like, like you have like, like Aaron Badley way back in 2011 had 32 rounds under his belt before he won. Bill Haas played this event five times and then he won. Um, Bubba won this event the first time in 2014. He was 25 to one before the tournament. He had 19 rounds under his belt and then he won again two years later. And then he won again, you know, two years later after that DJ had 32 rounds under his belt. Adam Scott finally won. He had 42 rounds under his belt in 2020. So JB Holmes had played this round 46 times before he won in 2019. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of really talented players who show up really good in the stats this week, but they don't have a lot of experience here. And then the few rounds they did play, it went really poorly for them. I think the only exception to that is like Morikawa played this event really well last year, you know, right out of the gate, but like Schaffler has been very good. And I think he only played, I think he's got six rounds under his belt. Neiman hasn't very been very good. Um, in his limited time here, Matthew Wolf was awful last year. Uh, and that Daniel Berger's only played four rounds and he's been terrible. Even Brooks has only played six rounds and he's never played this event. Good. So oh. yeah. So it's, it's I can't believe he's only played, I can't believe he's only played six rounds 
I know he's only played this six. He's only has six rounds under his belt here. So like, if you look at, if you go to like data golf and you pull up the guys with the best course history and just don't like change the rounds, like they all have at least double digit rounds, you know, under their belt. So, you know, I mean, that's probably going to give you a hint of where I'm going as far as outrights. I mean, I, th- there's a couple guys who don't have the great course experience just because I just have so much confidence in them as a player and they're playing so great that, you know, they've at least seen the course that I'm going to go there. But like that gives me big concern about Hovland this week. And the fact yeah. that he has never played this tournament before. And I, I he did play the US AM back in 2017. It did not go well from there. I think he was like 10 over after like two rounds and didn't even make the elimination. Uh he didn't make the the knockout bracket. Do you know who actually uh in the 2017 US AM and Riviera, do you know who men the finals? You know, I do not know this answer. Go ahead. Well, it's two guys you know. So uh, Luke List. Uh, <laughs> he's he's like 30. I was so thinking Doug, he's not young. So Doug Gim came runner up. Ah, okay. And he lost to Doc Redman, who are ah. both in the field. This oh, dude, Redman, what's with that guy's? I don't know what's up with him. His, his scrambling and putting is awful. Oh, so man. that's a that is a bad combo for this guy. He's been playing really well. Unfortunately, I think he's got a lot of popularity because he was twelve percent owned last week at Pebble, and yep. I think he's under seven thousand dollars this week. Yeah. So I he might be the most popular player under seven this week, just because of the U.S. Amlin. He's been great though. Yeah, he has been. He's so, playing really good. He yeah. fucking. I think he's the other matchup I lost on uh, fucking Sunday to. Yeah, with with Reevee. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. it wasn't Gibbs' fault. Gibbs shot, I think, sixty eight. Well, just leave you on supernova in the back. Yeah. Yeah. He did. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, so that's the course breakdown. Uh, tomorrow we'll come out with our DFS and betting picks, outrights, matchups, uh, break down all the tiers. You guys know it. Spread the word. Rate, rock, rate, subscribe, review for us. Uh, for Boston Gapper and Steve Shermer. Uh, let's get some fucking money, guys. Later. <laughs>